song you just heard is Sharpshooter by Dylan Roth of New Jersey, a band from New York. And that means I'm Nick Bond. And I'm Brad Hill. And welcome to Darty Party in the USA. Mighty episode today, Brad. Oh, yes, as always. Uh, yeah, because he's the best player in the world. We're, of course, talking about Michael Van Gerwen, who won uh, the Premier League once again. <laughs> I like that this year, uh, this week, he did it with a, a average of eight points less than Luke Humphreys, uh, who played very well. But uh, no, MVG had a great night. Uh, uh, he had a great night. Um, uh, well, he got once he got rolling, had a great night because uh, he started off playing against Peter Wright, uh, who who played really well in the scoring phase. And then seem to forget that you also have to check out to uh, win the individual legs. So that is a technical part of the game. I'm just starting to understand uh, if you've ever played 501 against me. Uh, it's, oh, right, you have to actually finish the game. It's bullshit, Brad. It's a conspiracy <laughs> against me, which is why I'm the last ranked in both cricket and 501. But it's okay. I'm not bitter about it. That was... An interesting game, as you know, Glas- Glasgow is uh, in Scotland, and uh, Peter Wright is Scottish. As somebody who watches a lot of different tournaments in weird places, how much do you think that affects people who are not English? I think that's the the main thing for me is that there's a tendency. Like I think when individual guys are from specific places, it makes it's a bigger deal. But when it's someone even from Wales, who's like not from that part of Wales, if they went to any part of Wales, they'd be like, oh, my God, you're from Wales. Um, And it's not just small, smaller countries than like parts of the United Kingdom. It's like it's something like Michael Van Gerwen going to uh, the Netherlands. He's he's not just a very like he's not just a god he's like a super god in the netherlands does that make sense like he's so for you how much do you think it affects uh i i think it can certainly play a role in it especially for the countries that they don't get a lot of tournaments we touched upon it a little bit i think last week with we were talking about not only the crowd supporting you but also the whistling that they will occasionally do for the opponents um, so there is certainly that aspect to it. One of still probably one of the best walk-ons and fan experiences that I've watched was the Premier League. I, I think it was 2018, I want to say, or 2019 it might have been. The first year that they had the challengers within the Premier League itself. So I mentioned that they used to have like a double round robin format, but there were two years that they tried to bring in what they called the challenger. So each week there was a new challenger that was brought in and they would play one of the nine regulars in the premier league. That's actually really cool. <laughs> yeah. And it, it sets up, it's great for television because John Henderson, who is from Aberdeen, this night was in Aberdeen. Had the walk on itself, the crowd was just electric. It was the last match, so they were the crowd was also very well lubricated. We'll say <laughs> in in Scotland, 
in scotland (laughs) surely you jest (laughs) so uh the crowd was incredible getting into the walk-on song rooting for him the entire time and it came down to the final leg and henderson had a pretty good checkout and ended up drawing the match and to this day there are times where i know you said that you'll show people the best leg ever with michael smith and michael van gerwin i will show people that crowd reaction yeah, it, it was there. There was as soon as that last dart went in for the draw, beers were flying all over the place. People were on other people's shoulders. It was incredible. Drink. Uh, that is the the most wrestling thing possible in terms of darts. Is the like no? He's from the like I said. He's from this specific fucking town. Like no, he yeah. is our guy. Like that is, I I love stuff like that, and it's what I think makes darts, darts concentration where it is really cool, uh, especially when they go to different places because you genuinely see people you never see. The World Series is, and we're going to it in in uh, the end of May, uh, beginning of June, and it's going to Bahrain, going to even going to somewhere like they went to Den. Bosch and that was in the Netherlands. Yep. So they, they've they've been a couple of places. They're gonna go a couple more places, and it's just a really cool thing to see the, especially in with the Asian players getting to see. I think I think Hugo played Littler. Like you get to see actual people, interesting people play interesting people. I'm excited to see the Americans play. Uh, I would assume Stowe is going to be there, and uh, the Dong is the Dong yeah. going to be there. Yeah, they usually split it, so it'll be four Americans, four Canadians generally. So my guess is, I mean, Jules Van Dongen and Danny Lauby, the two Americans with tour cards, yeah. are pretty much a guarantee. Um, and I would imagine Stowe Bunce will likely be there, I would have to guess, since he won the Continental Cup. And they'll probably, I mean, they'll do some qualifying tournaments, so they may have that up for grabs for the fourth spot. And then they'll bring in, you know, some of the Canadians as well. <laughs> it is like you said it is it's a fun tournament just kind of see how the americans stack up jeff smith made it to the final last year um he had an incredible run and then got whitewashed by mvg in the final eight nothing but it was a good experience i love mvg he's so mean he's just the meanest man i mean he went through cross uh rob cross who who played smith played well you can see why he won a world championship because that kind of tournament is just being good at darts consistently like playing well not making huge mistakes getting your checkouts and those are the things he does well and that's a lot of what the announcers talked about as well was that he is just a really good player he's Mm -hmm. a guy without a lot of holes in his game and uh there's definitely with him the ability to i and we talked about this last week sneak into the fourth spot because he is the i think he's the one guy that isn't afraid of anybody because he genuinely is like i'm 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 good at darts man like i don't i don't really care like in a way that like littler wants to prove himself and i think a bunch of the other guys don't care or care too much where i think cross is just like i'm really good at this if i play well i have a really good chance of beating you and if i don't play well i probably won't beat you he's not he's kind of like the inversion of van gerwin where van gerwin's like if the 
you have to play either mind-blowingly well or i won't play well and you'll win but like i'm the best and cross is like i'm pretty fucking good but sometimes i'm not the best and i i really like that about rob cross in terms of his the way he kind of just keeps going he doesn't really seem to like give up entirely at least in the matches i've seen uh even and he he played well against van gerwin uh but he's van gerwin so what happened happened and we all watched it uh speaking of which brad you keep telling me that nathan asvidal no actually i will say nathan asvidal played very well for like two or three legs and then uh oh no baby had an accident Basically, no. Actually, uh, Luke Humphreys ended up turning it around. He averaged 105, which is the highest was the highest of the entire night. He played very well, and it was funny because I mentioned, uh, and we'll get to Brad's predictions um, later. But uh, Luke, I mentioned Luke Humphreys is one of the guys who just consistently will average 106 because he's he's just his his A game, his B game, and his C game are like 106 to like 98 at this point and that's that's why he won so many tournaments is because like he he can play really consistently i think he can be the most consistent guy in the world is the different is right now like what his thing is cool hand it makes sense like it is actually how he plays uh and he played very well he played very 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 well uh he just came up against michael pink you're gonna sense a pattern but they he got it to a last like decider uh the the other quarterfinal was a bit of a I don't want to say surprise. Uh, we we were kind of weren't sure if it. <laughs> I believe Brad, what you said was uh, out of all of the people there, he's the most likely to beat the shit out of a seventeen year old, and he didn't beat the shit out of him. But it was the first time I think we really saw Littler lose a match, and not just not win it. He really he made normal mistakes but and we'll, i think we can talk about it during the players uh championship when we when we go over the the floor tournaments but he's looking he he's not looking like a 17 year old but he looks like a young athlete who's uh, he didn't have an outburst at anybody else but he was like i know i can do better and it's important for me to do better kind of pissed just like what are you doing why did you fuck that up which I think is good, but it's going to be weird for people to process it on what's essentially national television for, for relatively speaking, like it's a major outlet. It's the biggest outlet in his sport and he's not being with the floor tournaments. It's yeah, sure. If he does a dumb thing, it's not going to be like scrutinized. And I don't think he did a dumb thing. He was just like pissed at himself because he messed up a big checkout in the deciding leg. But it's going to be a thing. We he lost in the second. He he won the first floor tournament. He lost mm-hmm. in the second round of the second floor tournament. And if you look up Littler floor tournament, like uh, players championship, it's about how he lost to a bus driver. And it's like, oh, you mean one of the one hundred twenty eight best darts players in the world? He lost to one of those guys. Weird that he would do that after he won a tournament the day before in his debut on the pro tour like but it's 
England's wild with it. Um, and, and I think you've, you've actually been there. I, I think you can kind of speak a little bit more than I can, cause I've never been to England that there's this weird obsession with minor celebrities, like every celebrity, every celebrity, but it's so it's different. You follow a lot more British stuff. I think you can speak to like how like wives and girlfriends of soccer players, wags, like just oh, yeah. even that. Yeah, I mean, there was the whole thing a couple of years ago with uh, Wayne Rooney uh, and Jamie Vardy's wife, their wives that got into, there was this whole thing, they called it the, uh, basically Colleen Rooney, like was thought, so one of the wives of the players on the England national team had been going to the press with personal news and stuff like that. So Colleen Rooney set up her Instagram story so that only one person was able to see some of the things that she was posting and she was making up these like fake stories and they all made it into the news. So she's like, it was Rebecca Vardy. So it was a very dramatic reveal. And naturally, because if you're going to talk shit about the celebrities, you have to do it in a funny British way as well. So the entire scandal was referred to as the Wagatha Christie scandal. Yeah, exactly. Like they, they need because of the way the British press works and British like libel and slander wa- uh, laws work. They have a very twisted like any news is made into scandal, and everything is up for grabs if you can prove it or if you say it. Because then they can be like, "Oh no, someone said it, and we don't, we can't verify whether or not it's true. We tried." So it's it's really crazy how that all works out there. And Butler is going to be, he's the biggest star. Like uh, Eddie Hearn was on Love the Darts and he talked about the fact that Littler's a an attraction. He's somebody people will pay to see money play darts. And that means he's going to be on the sun as loses to a bus driver who just happens to be one of the best darts players in the world. And I think something like what happened at the end of the match will be a thing that annoying tabloids in England will spend time talking about. Plus there's all the stuff with his girlfriend being slightly older, like a couple of years older, but they met playing on the tournament uh, in the development tour, I believe like they're just, you know what I'm saying? It's, it's going to be a weird thing for him and he's going to have to be an adult about it weirdly enough which sucks because when we were 17 uh i was uh doing fun drugs and drinking and uh (laughs) and he was he he's uh, he's probably not doing that as much though it's england so he might be able to um or you know I don't know how that works, right? They can drink whatever they want. They don't have rules there. They just have like, don't pee in front of the constable. Is that what they call the police? Like you can pee near the constable, but not on him. Right, Brad? I think that's pretty much it. You nailed it. (laughs) Um, And Luke played well. Uh, He beat Gerwin pretty thoroughly. Uh, Like how he transitioned right back to cool hand after the pissing on the... yeah smooth <laughs> so luke humphreys uh he he just basically ran through uh gerwin and then van gerwin uh michael van gerwin it's so weird 
because I want to call Gerwin Gezi, but then I feel like a tool for calling a grown man Gezi because I don't know him. Like anybody that like is met him, I feel like can call him Gezi because he might be like, hey, call me Gezi. But like uh, Ger- having Gerwin and Van Gerwin, they j- I feel like Gerwin probably should just have to go by like Ralph or something. He should just have to give up the Gerwin until he beats Michael Van Gerwin a certain number of times. So you're also talking about the ridiculous nicknames that British sports come up with. Not even like some of them can be good, yeah. but some of them are also really stupid. Like Gezi. Yeah. That's dumb. Because they they don't do the American thing, though. I will say this of the like, hey, what's your first initial and the last three letters of your first name? Can we do that? Is that... That is something we could we could work with. Like we just don't. There's a bunch of reasons we don't have good nicknames. Well, I will say the one of the best nicknames I've ever heard was for Nigel Real Real Coker, a former uh, Premier League player, and he was not he was not having the best of seasons. So the fans started calling him Nigel Mediocre. Uh, oh no i was i choked a little bit on the water uh i'm back um so i mean that was pretty much the night it was pretty much michael van gerwin beating people uh in michael van gerwin style humphreys did i do want to say did have a real chance but couldn't close it out uh in a literal or figurative figurative way um but luke humphreys is back like, I mean that legitimately. Like, he had been playing well, but had timing. Timing is very important. That's uh, that's my Van Gerwen impression. Phenomenal. 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 That, yeah, that was the word uh, Brad and I were talking last night after the Darty party, and Brad could not remember the word that Van <laughs> Gerwen... He was so angry. He's like, it's, it's in the front of my face. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, Luke Humphreys is back. Uh, you wouldn't know it by the floor tournaments, which, again, we'll get into. But... uh. I think Peter Wright, having watched the floor tournaments and watched this, if he can figure out his checkouts, his scoring is is okay. And I think mm-hmm. that he will be able to not embarrass himself. And I think when he has the pleasure of playing Nathan Aspinall, that will be an interesting match. Not because Aspinall is right. terrible, but because I think that that would be... Like, he averaged 86, but that's because he literally was, like, 2 for 17 or something crazy like that on checkouts. He could not hit the broadside of a barn. But for a while, he was way ahead of Michael Van Gerwen in average. He just, he had a couple of legs where he literally missed, like, 10 darts for checkout and and could not hit a, a 10 darts for double. And he just could not hit a single thing. He, he was missing wildly to the point, like I, I said to you, uh off mic um to the point where the announcers were like this is bad like this isn't good not oh he's not playing well he's not playing up to peter Wright's standards just like what the fuck is happening so he he's just i think he's not focused it really feels like and he's kind of when you watch his interviews he's kind of like yeah i'll be i'd rather not be playing michael van gerwin you're like i wouldn't say that (laughs) He can feel that. He'll sense yeah. that. He can smell fear. And I was just curious, so I decided <laughs> yeah. to look ahead. Peter Wright 
and Nathan Aspinall play each other in two weeks. So February 29th, night mm-hmm. five. So they face off in the quarterfinals. And the winner of that gets the honor of playing the winner of Michael Van Gerwen against Luke Humphreys in the semifinals. So good for them. Yeah, the two best players in the world. <laughs> yeah, and we've kind of been hitting at it, but the the floor tournaments happened this week. They're my favorite. I had uh, all four screens going at the same time on the two giant... I have a TV hooked up to my computer and another screen hooked up to my computer so I specifically so I can run four streams at the same time. I don't want to know what's going to happen during the UK Open when there's eight streams. I... I think I'm going to have to get another computer like, like buy another computer for this. So that's an expensive hobby. (laughs) Well, it's funny because last year, last year was the first year that they streamed all eight boards for the UK open. It Mm -hmm. used to be only two. They announced it probably, I think like a week before the tournament, maybe I want to say. So they were streaming all eight boards for the first time. My brother and I were there though. So I don't have, the experience of how to handle eight boards at one time. Well, that's you're fucking useless. You're off the show. Can we bring in one of your friends that also knows a lot about darts? Probably foreshadowing. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so the first day, uh, Luke Ludler won against, and I I love this for you, Brad Ryan Searle. That's how it's pronounced, right? Because I've, mm-hmm. I've never I've read it a thousand yeah. times. Ryan Searle. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, with Ryan, Ryan Cyril making the final both times losing cause he's a loser, but he, he did make the final both times. And that was one of the people that you predicted would do well because he would, uh, try that was, that was the entire basis for our belief is that he would give a shit enough to try at the thing he does professionally. And he did. He made two finals, played very, very well, especially in the first final. That Littler Searle final was the best one I've seen. I've only seen like ten finals, but by far the best one I've seen. They those guys are really great at darts, and it was it was really a couple of times where it was like, well, Searle Cyril has this, and he uh, he like like uh, the Dukes of Hazard, them boys figured out a way to get out of it. And by them boys, I mean specifically the the, the little boy, Luke Lindler. <laughs> It's not a cradle. Uh, <laughs> he's uh, that was, uh, and what's great for it being back is you can see what where people are at uh, mentally and emotionally. And uh, the first day, uh, it was not a great place uh, for Luke Humphreys and Gerwin Van Price. Uh, Gerwin Van Price. <laughs> Gerwin Price. so Humphreys ended up losing getting whitewashed by Ian White in the first round (laughs) and then Gerwin was was it the first day or the second day he dropped out it was the first day right he was playing well and then he just quit in the middle of the game well he was he was playing he was playing fine and he just he was yeah it was apparently very cold because cool hand they were kind of making jokes but they were also like no he seems like he's genuinely uncomfortable but they were he cool hand getting caught with a cold hand in the 
but it was clearly very not warm in the tennis center in Wigan. <laughs> I love darts. <laughs> I love that I know that it happened in the tennis center in Wigan. That's the fucked up part, everybody. That's the messed up part is that I'm like, yeah, it, it happened. I don't know where Wigan is, but I know it happened in their tennis center. I know that Wigan has a tennis center now. <laughs> With both days, and that's kind of why I thought Wright would play well, and he did except for the finishes, because he did play well in the floor tournaments. So he lost in the first round on the first day, and then he made it to the semifinals on the second day. So, I mean, he's playing the way that it looks like he's supposed to play, which is good for him, uh, and it's good for me not having to sit through his match every week and just being like, I like your hair, and your shirt's nice. So that's that's a plus for me. Littler is to the point where I don't I'm going to feel weird how I answer questions when people ask if he's like the real deal. Or if they're like, oh, I heard he's not that good. I'm just going to be like, you're I, I'm going to be hard to not be like, you don't know what you're talking about or you're a fucking idiot. I would be like, oh, no, yeah, no, he's really good. He's one basically like the debut tournament or made it the final of every tournament he's ever been in but other than that he's you know pretty good for a 17 year old that it's sport dominated by 30 and 40 year olds other than the, it's like it's not it's not gymnastics like he's he's very young for how good he is and these uh, the second night a second he wasn't on camera so it's really hard to tell and it's also hard to tell because I think he lost like 6-2. It's hard to tell how he lost because this is very inside baseball. They don't do dart by darts for the non uh the non televised the nine streamed things they just put the numbers in for the televised the streamed ones they do uh, for the most part put them in. So you really don't know like the way he played you just kind of you have an idea like an overview but you don't know if he was like struggling to hit big numbers and then being stubborn about it or if he just didn't care because at some point during the first day he was playing uh alan Souter, and Mm -hmm. he dumped out a dart in a like fit of petulance as they called it on the announcers called it. And it was kind of, it was a situation where he kind he could have lost the leg and he was in a situation where if he lost the leg, he could have lost the match. And they were basically like ripping into him. Like he, if he, he they were calling him like a five-year-old and I was like, dude, okay. Like, but it was bad. It wasn't a good look, but it was also just like, I literally saw Luke Humphreys do that. Like, two weeks before so maybe we give him a little bit of slack but like i said to go back to the tabloids i don't want to say people are out to get him but he's going to have to navigate people people are out to get him on the dart in in in, on the hockey but i don't think they're out to get him in terms of the announcers because i think people like him i think that the other players aren't out to get him in terms of but if he he's he's a big deal and this winning this tournament if he had even made it to the finals i don't think it would have had as big an impact but the fact that he won it is like now it's official like he literally has to 
you would know better. How much do you, basically do, do you think he would have to win a, after winning the first the first tournament? He only has to win two or like one or two more tournaments to guarantee Minehead, right? Probably. I mean, it's it's a little tough because they did increase the prize money this year, so mm-hmm. you kind of was it proportional this. though? E- somewhat close to okay. it so you yeah, can kind of okay. like if you look at it you can kind of probably ref- infer what they need to do i mean he right now he is tied for second as far as money earned ryan searle the great ryan searle is in first place with 20 20 000, and then whitler and gary anderson are tied for second with sixteen thousand. and then fourth place is actually your boy gian van veen yeah but he played very, he's about he's about eight thousand five hundred pounds behind them, so it's it's yeah, a big jump from from third. I to think fourth. he got semifinal and uh, what was it? I can check it because if Brad's super great thing, um, if I can fucking find him, Jan Van Veen, where the fuck are you? Um, semifinals in fourth round, yeah. So he made he 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 played very well, and he's a very good player. And and I did have a feeling like y- you were much better with Cyril than I was with uh, Van Veen, but he's clearly motivated to play well. Also, this is this is the most dart news you'll get from me. It's not actual news; it's pretty well known. But he quit his job, so he was working and uh playing darts and then they were just basically like if you ever want to come back you can come back we really liked working with you but uh go play darts kid because he's so young they were probably just like he's he's a aerospace engineer thing i don't know he's one of those people uh smart people i don't you can't trust them with their glasses Uh, (laughs) (laughs) so yeah but there's there's definitely going to be and I said we've said this over and over again. There's definitely going to be a surge of young players motivated by Littler, uh, motivated by Humphreys too. Humphreys is young, and I think there's kind of an understanding that like this isn't the way it used to be. It's not going to be that way anymore. It's not going to be a bunch of thirty and forty and early fifty year olds, which is fine. It's awesome that they can still play at high, the highest levels but it's going to be a situation where young guys are going to be Ryan Searle doesn't have time to ease into greatness. He has to seize it now if he wants to really keep up with everybody else in terms of the long-term goals that he has in his career. And it could be to win a world championship. It could be to, you know, make a world cup team, you know, or win a world cup that, you know what I'm saying? Like there are things that he could want to do that aren't winning five, 17 world championships, but he's he's going to need to step it up in a way that I don't that you, you would probably know better. Even five, 10 years ago, you wouldn't have been like, oh, he really needs to get his ass in gear because there's a bunch of people his age that are going to be way ahead of him if he doesn't start developing now. Because yeah. the game is also changing in subtle ways with and and I think you've probably seen it in the last couple of years since after the pandemic, the way the numbers work now is there's a lot more weird people start at 50 and stuff like they started the bull and stuff like that. Yeah. I mean, I think pandemic as a whole brought a lot more people into the sport. I think like, I think it was Jules Van Dong and he, he started, 
I think just around that time to take it really seriously. And then obviously went to Q school and won a tour card out of nowhere. Um, and since then he's had his struggles, but he's been playing extremely consistently and very well as of late. So that was cool to see. But even just the young players as a whole is um, it, it, it's, it's, there's definitely been a, an influx of youth over the last couple of years, um, bef- probably when I st- really started watching like 2017, 2018, like young was players who were in their mid twenties, I would say. And now yeah. we're getting people who are in their teens and, and, and early twenties. Um, you have some players who will play on the, the development tour, which is kind of like their youth system as well. So you have to be 23 years old or younger. Uh, 23 being youth has always been the joke. It's a little questionable, but you, there were time. It was, it was rare, but there would be times that you would see some players that were able to play the, in the development tour and the main pro tour as well. Um, but that seems to be growing and becoming much more common lately. Yeah, because and, and we've we'll keep saying this. Like, it would be nice if we had darting academies in America. I think actually it would be a fun thing to have here. We have enough people who play darts. We have enough of uh, what's the technical term? Um, hold on, I just want to. I'm going to look this up real quick. Dorkass losers. Um, dumb mix and uh, dirty limeys that live here. Uh, that I feel like you could get a couple of games of darts going at a couple of academies. I know if there was one around here, I would definitely sign up this if she were old enough in a heartbeat. It's a really good game for kids if you can do it safely. It's good with math. It's good with like perseverance because it's good with learning how to develop a craft or a form. So I, I think there's a lot of the next 20 to 30 years of darts are going to be crazy, I mm-hmm. think, because and and listening to Eddie Hearn there's and you've talked about this a bunch with me. They really seem to have uh, a good idea. They're not perfect, but they seem to have a good idea of how to promote the game in a way that actually grows it. Yes, definitely. They are the Hearn. Eddie Hearn and his father, Barry Hearn. Barry Hearn was the one that essentially made the PDC what it is to to the size and it is the prize money and everything like that. They are promoters. They are great at what they do. They know what pe- what people enjoy. They know how to get the fans involved and they see a good thing and they, they just maximize it. And they've been doing a great job with the development side of things as well with with the development tour, like I mentioned, they have the challenge tour, which is for anyone who is uh, over the age of 23, but doesn't have a tour card. So it's kind of like their minor league system. So there is a lot, a lot of stuff there for sure. It's funny because Eddie was talking about how his dad, he likes darts. He's a boxing fan and that his dad is a U level nerd, literally redoes the order of merit by hand after every single player's championship yeah that's the that's wow god bless you man but you can also understand like oh that's why you're you literally like took a sport 
that was at, on its on very weak standing and turned it into one of the more popular niche sports in the world, like a genuinely niche sport that's played by a pretty small collective. Because, like, yes, American football is popular in America. It's kind of popular other places. Like, darts is super popular in a bunch of places. It's just recently started to get the, like, and it was very popular in England for a very long time. But in terms of international, I mean, it just got, it's basically, outside of soccer, it's the thing that gets the most viewers in terms of sports in England. Uh, pretty consistently it literally has the record outside of sport outside of soccer with the most recent world championship it's there's a lot they see money but in a way that's like no the goal should be to grow the game because there's money in getting people to play this shit in in a in a way that is not just getting them to buy tickets Right. And I think that's important is you want people to like playing darts. So you don't want to make it, you want people to get excited about playing darts just as much. You want them to get excited about watching darts. Right. I think that's. Yeah. You nailed it. I mean, they, they definitely, you know, there's, there's dollar signs that are absolutely involved in it, but I think that they both have, like you were kind of touching on, they have a long term vision for this and i think that they understand it's like it's like any sport you need to kind of have the new blood the, the new youth getting into it to kind of keep it going and having it grow even more over time drink nxt is a good example of this that nxt and the indies are a good example of wwe used to crush those and then they were kind of like, oh, we we don't have any new stars because we killed all of the places that we used to get the new stars from. So they were like, oh, well, I guess we can grow the game again. And they allowed the game to grow. And now they are as hot as they've ever been after basically a 15-year investment in this stuff mm-hmm. of going out and traveling the world. And also, and this is really important, having partnerships with other organizations that allow you to grow the game or grow this uh, wrestling is not a it's sports entertainment, but to grow the craft of the thing that you're because you need fans, but you also need people who want to play so that they can do it in a way that will make you money long term. You're creating both revenue generators and revenue like creator. You know what I'm saying? Like people who you take the money from and the people who make money that make the things that make people want to give you the money. It's, it's a self-perpetuating system if you do it right. And they understand how to do it right. Like I hate promoters, obviously. Like I, I think they're all terror. I covered wrestling pretty intensely. It, they're the fucking worse. Those guys seem like they're not total pieces of shit. And I think part of it for me, at least is darts is a hard sport. It is not wrestling in the sense that, like, I'm not worried about somebody, you know, like, breaking their neck because they took a bad bump and then you not having an ambulance outside. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's it's something where they're they're sacrificing a lot of time and dedication and physical well-being to a certain extent, but you, they don't seem to – there's no benefit for them to exploit them physically. They're like, oh, you want to take a week off? Fucking do it, man. Go to Disneyland. That's literally what Michael Van Gerwen did. He went to Disneyland. Yeah. They're like, well, they're not going to say shit. 
Yeah, and that's the thing too, because I think you you mentioned it on the first episode. It was they they are really they they're independent contractors, but they genuinely do have the independence to do what they want. And I think if you're going to compare it to wrestling, you don't need to worry about the storylines week to week. Mm-hmm. For that. And that's that's really what it comes down to. Like these guys, there is so there are so many tournaments that are out there right now. They like like I mentioned, they move the players' championships all to midweek, so that's definitely I'd imagine going. Well, I mean, it's opened up weekends, but I imagine they're going to yeah. see that some more stuff that's added to the calendar. I'm kind of surprised that there wasn't any more that has been announced, especially with how bare the weekends are in February. Um, but it'll get to the point that you know the players are going to have to be doing a lot more picking and choosing of which tournaments they enter, which ones they play, which ones they skip. You see it a little bit already. Like the first two players championships, Michael Van Gerwen skipped those. And I believe it was to, it was part of that Disney trip, I believe. Um, Literally. He, they talked about it after the premier league. He was literally, they were like, Oh, so you went with your family to Disneyland. He was like, yeah, it was great. He's like, why I'm not, he didn't even pretend like he had to pretend. He was just like, yeah, Exactly. He, he literally said it's important to balance professional and private life. It's it's an important thing for us to do. Mm-hmm. And no one's going to, no one was like, what the fuck? Like in American football, baseball, they will complain, fans will complain if you miss for the birth of your child. They'll be like, what the fuck, man? should have planned that better every time i hear that especially from athletes i want to step into the studio and punch them in the face and be like do you like being married because i do and if i was like sorry hun i got work you have fun pushing that out you give me a call when you're done like get the fuck out of here and it's like i can't imagine someone if a world championship had, and it has happened, guys that show up, the thing is they can just go home in an hour. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like they have to step out for an hour. They play well. I don't think they're playing again that day, but it's a situation where like you do have people missing because I think somebody missed Danny Knoppert missed an important tournament because he had, it's like no one would ever be like, what the hell? They're like, good for you, man. That's awesome. Like, I like that darts doesn't have to be these guys' entire lives, but they seem to understand the promoter, the the guy, the Hearns, and and in general, the people, the PDC. Um, Matt Porter, is that his name? Mm -hmm. They seem to understand that they want to create an atmosphere that is like people enjoy going to work there and work with these people and like do a job that's fun to do. It's their job, but it's fun. It's a great job to do you've said you love guys and i love guys that uh, guys and gals that seem to really love the fact that they get to do this shit for a living and i think that's one of the things they seek out and promote people who show people that it's fun to play darts and that's that's a cool place for the sport to be because there's a bunch of other stuff involved with darts that they don't have to worry about they have to worry about in boxing wrestling football all of these other sports where you're exploiting people's bodies and it's a meat grinder this is the opposite this is very much like let's keep these guys happy and healthy for 35 40 years because we can get revenue out of them for 35 to 40 years it's like golf it's closer to golf yeah 
And it is kind of weird to think about that. Not to revisit it, but Luke Littler at 17 years old, he could easily have a 40-year career. He could be playing yeah. into his late 50s. It's, yeah. it's, I mean, you know, he, he won't be, he probably won't be to um, this same high standard, but you saw Peter Wright. Peter Wright won a world championship when he was 50. It's not yeah. unheard of. Yeah. It's really crazy to think about how long, even if he has a Tom Brady as a Tom Brady as career with an extra four years tacked on front, that's still 25 years. Like that's insane. That's at the top levels of your sport. Hopefully fingers crossed. Like it's this tour. Sorry. I, I realized we just spent like 10 minutes talking about how, but that's what the players championship and stuff like that does is it's just like, Oh, the sports in a really good place. And it's really cool to watch these guys just play. Do I have, because I was thinking it's not for the, there's two things that the players champion, well, three things. Uh, assholes like us advertisers if we don't have it you don't need it brad <laughs> and gamblers gamblers need to bet on fucking anything and this gives them a thing to gamble on like so you have these there's reasons to hold these that they make money off of they have partnerships i believe you said you can stream a lot of these free on gambling sites Yep. That's not a coincidence. <laughs> like that's <laughs> intentional because that's where they're going to make a lot of their money in terms of partnerships with those people. And they don't have to like, and in particular, those kind of, so I don't love partnerships between teams and gambling, but if you're just like, we will stream it and you guys just give us money to stream it and then let people bet. It's kind of like, okay, yeah, sure. That's the easiest way to do it. It's just like, just watch it. We'll put it up on the big screen and you'll be fine. Uh, so like, it's it's a really interesting future that I think they have to be careful with because there has been serious gambling, like yep. not accusations, but actual, like they, they can figure it out. They're, they're pretty good at math. So they, they'll figure out that you cheated uh, and, and it's been a problem and people have been caught doing it. So I think that's, that's actually, I think the thing that would, they have to watch out for is like balancing, growing the game and growing the gambling side of the game without, because obviously it's always been what, how many different bet MGM is the title sponsor of a uh, premier league. That, well, that's what I was so, going to bring up. I'm looking, I'm looking at the major TV tournaments and the sponsors. So the list up right now, you have Patty Power, BetMGM, Ladbrooks, Betfred, Jack's Casino, Boyle Sports, Mr. Vegas. Like that they yeah. have eight tournaments and three and they have yeah, they have twelve tournaments, ten of them have sponsors that are gambling. <laughs> like explicitly gambling like betmydick.com not like <laughs> <laughs> bareback sports um so yeah um no it's there's a lot of interesting stuff happening and in the next two weeks there's going to be a lot of stuff happening uh i i know this is your favorite tournament 
So mm-hmm. I wanted you to tease uh, the the UK Open, which it, yes. when it starts when, and then tell us a little bit about, we're going to do a full episode on this. It's going to be Brad's favorite episode so far. Absolutely. So it's the first weekend in March. So it starts Friday, March 1st, and it goes until Sunday, March 3rd. You have two sessions every day. So it'll start at, I believe, 7. I'm actually, I think it may even start before 7 a.m. Our time, or East Coast time, that is. Um, it is a tournament for all 128 tour card holders. It also is expanded to the top eight in last year's Challenge Tour, the top eight in last year's Development Tour. And then they have 16 what they call Riley's qualifiers. So Riley's is like a bar chain in England. And they have tournaments that anyone can enter for like 10 pounds. And the winner of each of the 16 tournaments gets a spot in the UK Open as well. So it's a That's a huge bitch. Jesus Christ. Yeah. So it's a 160-person <laughs> tournament. And for anyone who is a soccer fan, it is a similar um, format to the cup competition, specifically the FA Cup. They call it the FA Cup of Darts. Because there's no set bracket, it's just the winners of the previous round are they're they're assigned a number, they're pulled out of a hat, and they're just randomly um, they randomly face off against whoever the other person is. That said, there is a slight seating system that the 128 tour card holders have a staggered entry, so you'll have those bottom 32 will enter in the first round, then the, the next 32. Will enter in the second round, and then finally it goes until the top 32 will enter in the fourth round. So there is a little bit of a staggered entry for those players, which makes sense because they can't necessarily get there on Friday morning if eight of them are going to be playing in the Premier League the night before. It would be a little bit of a tough trip. Um, but it, yeah, it's a, yeah, 160 player tournament, <laughs> one of my favorites. Eight boards, all eight boards are streamed, so you can have the multi-screen set up even more so than than for the floor tournaments. Um, and you always will see a, a great random, probably semifinal, if not a random final. Like last year, Andrew Gilding, our favorite, <laughs> beat MBG in the final. Um, so stupid. Everyone loves him. Even <laughs> more irritating. I love how you're just like so stupid. <laughs> yeah. Every single person, everyone there was like, "Oh my god, Andrew Gilding's gonna win this thing." He's like, he's one of us. And I'm like, please don't, please don't group me into that. Thank you. <laughs> First of all, you're not English, right? You're Finnish or some shit. Finnish, German, and Irish. I, that is ter- what a terrible you dirty Laplander. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's, the, no, that's um, that ruined the tournament for me. Now that I know that gilding that is he, he's so he's such a sloppy bitch, and the fact that he has a Bond themed gimmick is really upsetting for me. Is really upsetting because of obvious reasons. I hate my father. No, I love my dad. <laughs> <laughs> but no, it's a, it's it's a tournament. I'm really excited to get into the nitty gritty. We will also be talking about a uh, talking. Hold on. Wow. We will also be talking about the weird entrance for this. 
I, I we're gonna spend some time doing some research on these these lads. Are there any ladies? There's it oh, all men. Um, there's no female tour card holders, so it would only be if one of them wins a Riley's qualifier, which is possible. Like Fallon Sherry. Yeah. Okay. No, but it's a, it's a open to every. It's yep. literally open to. Okay. Yeah, yeah. There's a couple of tournaments I'm very excited for that I didn't get to see. That is the first of them, and then I'm very very excited for the World Cup. That is. That's gonna just. I you know. You know I'm a simple bitch when it comes to just 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 give me all the countries with their their weird like sometimes the colors really make sense and sometimes you're like Ooh, why why do you have why do you have those that's an ugly jersey but okay i guess you paid somebody to design that why i couldn't tell you uh <laughs> there's that that's that's the tournament i'm most excited for but i like this open format because i do like seeing and it's partially it's not exactly open but it is the world championships is open in a kind of similar cool way it's like the ncaa tournament where you have random teams from random places that are like they won a tournament and they went 8 19 during the regular season that kind of stuff it's like, oh, you felt you you got drunk and won that game, didn't you? And they're like, yeah, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so the, the the that is a that is a the thing I've been most excited to talk about you know, uh, since we started, and I'm I'm excited. So not this week, but next week we'll we'll have our episode about it, right, Brad? Yeah. Yes, I cannot oh. wait. I'm so excited. It's le- legitimately my one of my favorite weekends. Uh, that's I'm proud of you, I guess. <laughs> that you've you've hit rock bottom and you're comfortable with talking about that in public. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> Next week we will be covering again the Premier League and we will be looking at the floor tournaments and we will probably spend some time I'm trying to think if there's anything there's no there there's nothing in there's the qualifiers area. like euro tour qualifiers luke littler did qualify okay did okay yeah the, uh, yeah and we'll talk about some of the euro tour stuff right the brad that's that's starting up soon the euro yeah. tours yep we had the for the qualifiers for one and two were this week qualifiers for three and four are next week um and then the first U- euro tour event tournament is the weekend after the uk open so that's march 8th to the 10th this weekend content for the darts curious uh i would suggest the history of darts in england uh i think it's hold on let me get the exact title because it's a it has a weird subtitle because it's a university press oh brad has it i forgot what is it uh darts in england 1900 to 1939 it is by dr darts uh patrick chaplin it's a social history. I've I've read a, a good chunk of it uh, because I was waiting for Hearts of Darkness to come, and it is uh, it's pretty. It's a little drier than Hearts of Darkness. Hearts of Darkness is written by a journalist. This uh, is written by an academic, but he's uh, a, a good writer and uh, very well researched, like comically well researched. So if you want to actually learn like the pure actual history of darts, that's that like the origins of the history of darts before the game changed in a lot of different ways. That's, that's really the place to go. Um, and Brad, you had 
something you wanted to yeah well i mean i mentioned it earlier but just um highlights clips from uh the john henderson michael van gerwin premier league match from 20 i think it was 2019 the walk-on the crowd the celebrations for the final dart it's i'll I'll track down some videos and, and link those as well yeah so um i fucking hate ending shows 